You're with your baby girl. You've been practicing your mamas and dadas for weeks. And now she looks up and begins to mouth her very first words. This is the moment you've been waiting for. It's time to visit your authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer and test drive the all-new GLE. With the first era of the Mercedes-Benz user experience and optional third-row seating for your whole family. Smart mama. Smart dada. Visit MBUSA.com slash GLE to learn more. Mercedes-Benz. The best or nothing. Some equipment described as optional. I'm Alan McGuire. And I'm Jean Sutton. And this is season two of Roast Chestnuts, the podcast where we give made-for-TV Christmas movies the respect they deserve. Our guest today is a returning guest. She was with us for... Just so good. I'll be home for year. Christmas last year. Yeah, we have it was her back. Incredible. People haven't stopped talking about it. It's been a phenomenon. <laughs> um, she is back to talk about the Christmas train with us, mm-hmm. Esther Mordonahu. Mm-hmm. Actually, because it's December, winkity wink, it's Esther <laughs> Ho 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 Mordonahu. Oh, okay. Oh, Thank you. Excellent. That sounds like Esther Mordonahu. Esther's a hoe, done a poo. <laughs> she did a poo. I've heard them all. Let's go. Let's talk about this Christmas train. So. I'll just give us a brief overview of the plot. The Christmas Train is a 2017 Hallmark Hall of Fame movie, which Mm -hmm. means it gets a bit more budget. You get some Michael Bublé on the soundtrack and you get Dermot Mulroney um, of My Best Friend's Wedding, Everlasting Fame, um, in the lead role as Tom Langdon, a former war correspondent, but now pretty much a journalist who you would describe as a hack, who goes on the Christmas Train which goes from somewhere somewhere to California. Washington, D.C., I think. Is it? Yeah. That's it is long. Washington, D.C. That's a long mm-hmm. trip, yeah. I, I was like, yeah, okay. So it takes him a couple of days and he's on the train. He's looking for a story. But who does he meet on the train? The reindeers. <laughs> can you hear those reindeers on the roof? Maybe they can't hear them on the mics. Yeah, hopefully not, yeah. So he goes on that train to look for a story and who does he meet on the trip? Only his ex-girlfriend, Eleanor, or as he likes to call her, Ellie. And she's home his past and... Everything like happens and they meet loads of people and we're going to talk about this film. Okay, <laughs> so starts off with actually Michael Bublé, which yeah. is impressive. Straight in. They never get that. Good yeah. snow scene as well. Not like last year's film, the crappy snow that was like foam. But this was proper snow, Michael Bublé, okay quality. This is good. Mm-hmm. I googled um, one of the movies and where it was set, but then they went into one paragraph about how the snow was made and they have like different choices for the snow. So it's definitely a budget decision. Mm-hmm. So you can get this kind of spray or you can use actual ice chippings mm-hmm. from a machine type thing. So if it's bad snow, they just went for the cheapest option, which is there's snow sheets as well. So yeah, they had some one. of those last yeah. one as yeah, well. Yeah. They had the foam and the crappy like snow sheets. So this yeah. one they might have done either CGI or maybe actual ice type stuff. Yeah. It looked good though. Yeah. Yeah. Either way. So we meet Tom and he's leaving his, he seems like a lonely kind of guy because his only friend is a plant that he has to leave with his neighbour. He doesn't have any pets or other friends, I guess. But we, and we get a little nod to he's a kind of cool guy. He's in his 40s or 50s. He's got a bike hanging from the wall. Here's my plan because I've got a heart. So he drops it off to his neighbour, mm-hmm. hands her over presents as well. He's caring and thoughtful about the little girls. But the way she handles those packages, there's obviously nothing in them. They're really light and they're, they're stacked three high. <laughs> it's First like, of all, what's going on there? He's got vouchers in them. Too much packaging. <laughs> so that's what I thought. That was a big thing in the Gilmore Girls. Remember when they revealed there was no um, coffee in the coffee oh, cups? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at it now, you're like, yeah, they are flinging those <laughs> cups around the place. Wantonly. 
That was a very astute. And was that Lorelai from the Gilmore Girls? Doesn't she? Is she? Is that her? The train? No, inspector? she. No. Oh no. God no. no. I was Lauren wondering. Graham is like a celebrity. I know, but I, I, who is the who is the train the inspector then? In the Hallmark Hall of Fame, if they, they look similar, her. they they look similar. <laughs> Give me that. Do they not? I thought that was the one no. from Stars Hollow. No. You obviously watched this in a very small screen. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. And under pressure mm-hmm. <laughs> this morning. <laughs> and also we have a cast of characters on the train and one of them is an amazingly named director called Max Powers, played by Danny Glover mm-hmm. of Lethal Weapon fame. And he has a, his script doctor with him, who is Ellie. Mm-hmm. The love um, interest. Who he believes can write her own film based on how nice her doctoring is, I guess. And she's a script doctor. She's not sure of herself. Yeah. She's she's obviously, she had a blow issues. at some point. Mm. Yeah. I wonder what we learn about that later on in mm, the film. I, I wonder. wonder. Uh, so then, she's also the daughter in um, Father of the Bride. Yeah. And she's in oh, the Tent yeah. Kingdom. She's also the, like, the wife, in, according to Jim, for nine seasons as well. I forgot oh. that existed. She has like exactly. 165 episodes of network TV comedy. She's money, rich. Which is good. Yeah, good for her. She looks yeah. great. Her. She, she looks does. like Michelle Monaghan. That's what she looks like. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, oh, it's um, Ethan Hunt's ex-wife mm. in this movie. Good for her. Yeah. And then I realised like on closer inspection, Jean, you're wrong. Yeah. But yeah, she's good in it. And there's also a few other kind of side characters. A guy with a pocket watch who used to work on the trains yeah. and now he's retired and he's on the train and as he said Higgins to, Higgins he, he was great Higgins always, yeah. always looking off into the middle distance you know something's a brewing when Higgins yeah. is looking out he wistfully he was raring to be in like under siege he wanted yeah. an adventure to kick off yeah. at oh. all times he was ready to go I bet you he was armed <laughs> but it's funny you think about the day like he's weaved we, obviously it's film but I might, his, his day sheet would have been for that film I wonder, mm. did they get all Higgins' things filmed in one day or was he just sitting around for hours? And then, say and then he's called to, to just stare. And then flare his nostrils and take out his pocket watch <laughs> and go back and just eat craft or something. I was trying to think <laughs> of like, if there was a Higgins uh, on Ooh, Irish Rail. Like, a, yeah, oh yeah, no, but that's what I was thinking the whole time. I, I had a kind of parallel stir- story yeah. in my head of Higg- like Irish Rail. Would this happen on an Irish Rail? This happened on that like <laughs> train to Cork. Can you imagine? They're so open and chatty and it's so odd. Yeah. They all have this like they believe in this weird mythology of the Christmas train. Like that's a thing we're supposed to know about. Yeah. Oh the Christmas there's, Oh the Christmas train. There's oh. an amazing quote we'll get to. Um I'm gonna save it till we actually get to it because it's the just it's my favourite quote in the movie. New Year's prawn. Remember the New Year's prawn? No. <laughs> What's the, the movie train? is also based on a book which I read years ago. Oh really? I've actually read the novel. So. Okay. <laughs> the novel. By David Baldacci, who's a big bestseller. He's kind of would have Lee Child fans would no, definitely who he is. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did recognize the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but this is one of his um, like non-thriller genre, non-government conspiracy genre books, and it's the same as the way David, no, John Grisham, writes these books set in. He wrote a book set in Italy about a footballer in Italy. Is that where Higgins came from? Did he forget to take Higgins out of an earlier draft where something kicked off? Maybe. Or he just accidentally copy and pasted Higgins from a different book. Yeah, he, like because they would have those characters in his other books. Um, yeah. His other books are good. I think there's some network TV show based on one of them. I'm, like, yeah. You'll know his like his books set on Tesco. Yes. Um, he's yeah, very. Jesus. They're good. I've read a few of them, but mm. like this book isn't. The book wasn't good, but it would have been um, would have sold a lot of copies for him, I guess. Mm. Hence Hallmark Hall of Fame being like, give us a book yeah. to adapt. But yeah, Higgins might be a hangover from David Baldacci's usually gutsy 
there's a conspiracy afoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he notes. can serve as a purpose towards the end because he knows those roads, those railroads so well. He knows when a storm is a brewing later on. And that's why they have to set off on their skis. But it's really sad when he's talking to Tom and he's like, I'm just the passenger now. But mm. again, maybe that but gets again. resolved by the end of the film. Also, this could be like, I'm like taking note of these and are they taking, is there like Trumpian economics afoot? Because could that be a thing like, oh, are we retiring people too early? Maybe they want to work. Yeah. So I get a true. bit like, yeah. Mm, yeah. okay, you got a man eager to work here who's owls and you're going to make that a plot point that he's yeah. lost. Spin it he as a positive forced, thing. Forced to retire. Just because he's too old and can't actually do the job yeah. anymore. Yeah. So and I'm he wants a bit to like, I'm yeah. a bit, mm. yeah. and I have a few notes about that throughout various movies we watched about the America first bleeding into everything. <laughs> when was this film made? 2017. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah. 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 2017. Okay, We're now so in current. post-Trump. Oh, yeah. Got it. Post-Trump election Christmas TV territory here. Mm-hmm. And then we also meet, um, she's on the phone to Tom, Tom's long-term, long-distance girlfriend. Yeah. Who's called Lilia. Is it Lilia or Lillian? I think it's Lilia. Okay. Um, she's in LA. She is. She likes to wear a shift actress. dress. Yeah. yeah, she's a voice actress. Yeah, which I liked. I was like, she's a voiceover artist like myself, darling. <laughs> I was like, yeah, bloody good, underrepresented in film. I enjoyed that. Yeah, very good. It is an unusual job for someone to have in a Hallmarky film, isn't it? Yeah, very specific yeah. job. I mean, it was really a writer's film. A lot of I, reference to writing. I feel like it comes Being from, from his yeah. heart. Yeah. yeah, a lot of very. Personal yeah. stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. she is a front that Tom is getting the train and not the plane. I know. She's like, hangs S- up, I think. Yeah, she's, he's sl- swinging. What is the expression? Swinging his hook, slinging his hook. Taking yeah. his time, basically. Taking his damn sweet time. The actress who plays her, um, Holly Alyssa, has a wild IMDb pro- um, bio. Please read. It says, Alyssa is a Canadian actor, filmmaker and founder of Caleb's Hope and Move Together Foundation. She's an advocate for challenging colonial narratives and tired aid models in African nations. She's a student of Buddhism and yogic traditions and such devoted to the 10 living principles of yoga and a Buddhasita path. That's her full IMDb bio for anybody who'd be interested in hiring her to act in their films. So, yeah. Sounds like someone I'd love to like work alongside because I'd agree with all their opinions probably. I don't Mm -hmm. know, I'll have to look into those organisations but I think it's anti-colonial. I'm like, good. Oh yeah, totally. It's a weird thing to put in your IMDb bio, I think. It's normally like what films you've been in. That's where her focus is, what I kind guess. of energies you bring to parts and stuff. Um, so she's definitely a qualified She wants to work with Richard Gere, that's what it is. And yeah. then she wants him to know, Richard, have a look at my IMDb bio, please. <laughs> and he'd be like, absolutely. The remake Pretty Woman. And we also have some more money on showing the movie when Joan Cusack actually shows up. Yes, mm. that's a good, that was another yeah. great. Because even if the script is complete horse dung, you know she can salvage it. There's something that gives everyone confidence on set. Oh, Joan Cusack's in it. She's going to do a good job. Yeah. yeah. So that was where the money went, yeah. And I thought Lorelai from Gilmore Girls, but I got that wrong, obviously. So that's four people you've recognised in it, which is one up from the last one we did. The last um, Hallmark classic. The Hallmark Hall of Fame with Kirsten Davis and yeah. Will, Will from, from Will, Will and Grace. Grace. And McLean. <laughs> yeah. So um, four in this one. So next year we'll have a five star Hallmark Hall of Fame. They're never actually five star films. These film, The Hallmark Hall of Fame ones in particular aren't great. No, they're not. They're worse than the regular Hallmark Yeah, ones. they basically don't pay writers, I guess, Yeah, for these. That's true. Which means, actually, you've been on two bad films now. Sorry. No, I but think I felt honoured to get this. I think the last one's more hokey, better snow in this one, so I'm saying... The reason okay. I gave you this one, I signed it, was because you're <laughs> Esther, two names of Dunhu. Yeah, you Esther, know? two names. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's loads of names in this. 
Yes. Oh, I see so that it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, Esther could be a celebrity. Or yeah. She, it, well, you I are d- a celebrity. Yeah, yeah, I am. Remember my friend, um, Twinkle Twinkle Cinema, Cinema, I was like, oh, that's just Esther. And he goes, Esther, more, don't I, from yeah. the Roadwatch? About 17 people listen to my podcast, so yeah, probably. <laughs> I held an award ceremony yesterday, the In My Opinions. Did anyone follow that? I did, time? I loved it. Yeah. Thanks. Why is the M8 the most friendly? Most we did a vote and that's what came out. We had a survey monkey. Now, it was limited to Roadwatch people. But well, you're yeah. the experts, you know, it's like the it's Hollywood Foreign Press Roadway. So I was thinking of train movies when this started and I love The Lady Vanishes by Hitchcock, but I kept thinking of another train movie set in the snow. And have any of you seen the movie Snowpiercer? No. no so Snowpiercer is a movie from a few years ago with Captain America. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Evans. No. Chris, Chris Evans. Okay. Where basically the world has sort of ended and it's covered in snow and humanity is going to die. But some mental fucker has invented this train that keeps going round and round the earth. And anyone who got in the train is basically the last of humanity. So they have first class, second class and third class. And it's called the Snowpiercer because it breaks through the ice. And everyone lives in it, but their social hierarchies have developed and the third class carriage revolts and Captain America is part of this. And it's fucking mental. Like this movie disturbed me. Like I was really upset the day after because it's not just what you think it is. It's got like a speech, a monologue from somebody about how once they were so starved in the third class passage passenger train, they ate a baby. Like they ate a baby. That's like mm. very early on till the Swinton's in it. When someone does something bold, they stick their hand out the train window and the hand freezes off and the person's just brought back in with like an yeah. icy arm that's missing. And then there's also they uncover that the protein that they thought they were getting, the chicken and stuff. Oh, there was no farm on the train or anything. They were being given bugs that were like, it's just a really awful movie. And there's loads of fighting, which is good. No, I don't want to watch that film. But it's basically just like, I'm like, who the fuck thought of this? It's like a kind of... Real sicko. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, really upset me. It's like the human centipede or something of like I know, it's like human like, relationships or yeah. something. It's just yeah. really sad. But like that's set in the snow and like this movie, I was really excited to watch it because like, this isn't Snowpiercer. It's very much companion it's more pleasant. <laughs> If you hated Snowpiercer, imagine, imagine, imagine like you're Snow leaving Piercer. a comparative story with um, Snowpiercer in this film. Anyone who's seen Snowpiercer, though, like, and who isn't disturbed by it, I don't know, they're a suspect individual. No, I don't watch that film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what other film on a train? The Lady yeah. Vanishes is the Hitchcock one that's lovely. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend that. Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, yeah. 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 Broken Arrow. Which I didn't John Travolta watch the later. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. Um, oh, the movie with Jake Gyllenhaal where he keeps reliving. Oh, Source Code. Source Code. That's great. That's a great film. Yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> that has loads of stars. It has Michelle Monaghan in it. Yeah. Really enough. Yeah. Maybe that's why I got confused. Yeah. Source Code was great. Yeah. There's a movie recently called The Commute with Liam Neeson that I didn't get to see. No. That not... involves a train. I saw the trailer in Cineworld. Um, but did you notice Amtrak, the train service, has lots of advertising in this? Mm. I yeah. actually didn't. They did. Well, I did I'm notice so that I could see it clearly on, on, on not lower like yeah. Elmore's hat and whatnot. And the guy behind the bar who has like loads of model trains. Oh, yeah. They Isn't c- that a Excelsior X253.1 train? And he's like, well, yes, it is. <laughs> that would never happen in Irish Rail. Well, it's you never serious. know because I have a relative who collects those trains and he gets them in Max's models, Max models. 
and I had to go down one time. I remember I had no money, and he was like, "Can you buy me that train jean and bring it down? I'll give you cash when you get to Tipperary." And I was like, "Okay," because this guy didn't do the bank deposits, and it cost one hundred and thirty-five or one hundred and sixty-five euro for an Irish huh? Rail train model, and I think it was just one carriage. I'm not too yeah, sure, but like they're super it. expensive. So there are people. And Max Models was packed at Christmas when I went in. You know, Rod Stewart loves, has a whole, um, he loves trains, has a model train set and it's huge. I've seen, I was on some documentary, he's got a whole room. He's got a full on, he's into like, you know, he's a world famous performer, but also he loves trains, obviously. Boys and their toys. I don't know. That's nice. Anything I learn about Rod Stewart is actually kind yeah, of I nice. Yeah, like Rod Stewart. Yeah, he loves Irish freedom. Yeah. He also has like a full-size football pitch in his LA mansion. What a lovely And he invites all the British celebrities <laughs> over for soccer games on Sundays. That yeah, is such a, a game lovely of practice. Yeah. Great guy. Like he was a grave digger and now he's look sexy at him man, now. Rod Stewart. <laughs> he was a grave digger over 65 years ago and look at him now. Mm. He's made good, yeah. Uh, We've gotten through the first five minutes of this film so far. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. You should crack on. Yeah, so uh, Max Power film director, Eleanor script doctor, Joan Kiaz- Cusack. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple who were getting married on the train. Yeah, that was nuts. Yeah, I was like, they annoyed me so much in it. Um, there, they have some kind of thing where there's a class difference where he's his dad works in Washington and she's a girl from Kentucky. Yeah, she said he's high society Washington, and he works for a firm. So you know, oh, he's making money, and yeah, she's just from Hicksville. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of living at their own little Hallmark movie yeah. within a movie. And everything keeps going wrong. They've lost yeah. the rings. They've lost the priest mm-hmm. or the reverend. I don't know. You see, and early on, you know, when they get, she get, they got something wrong. And he goes, I thought you said your great grandparents got married on a train. She's like, oh, my parents, my grandparents. Ha <laughs> I get mixed up. <laughs> Sorry, I'm nervous. I was like, oh, I thought they were the thieves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were being, that was we what were they just, were leading yeah. us down that path. Yeah. There's also a psychic on the train. And yeah. keeps, she says things like, I know things. Misty is her name. Mystic Misty. Yeah. So there's also a widower on the train. He likes to hold a book with the cover out, with the title cover yeah. out. Mm-hmm. So we get to see it's a Christmas Carol. And here's a great thing. I think Higgins says this, and I noted it. He goes, "What that thing couldn't outrun, it will run right over." Yeah, Higgins is gagging for. <laughs> Give me more lines, please. Yeah, I can do more. He's I can so do intense. More. Yeah. Um. Also. Tom and it, the reason Tom's on the train, um, at first thing he's like, I'm looking for a story. And then you realize his dad loved trains. Didn't you reveal that? Yes. Yeah, his, his dad, dad was oh, a train yeah. Mark Twain never wrote a story on a train he wanted to. And he's a distant relative of Mark yeah. Twain's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. I think that's really funny. I might start saying I'm a distant relative of somebody. Martin um, King claims he's a distant relative of Brian Baru. It's on his Wikipedia page. Who? Martin King. The better weatherman. Yeah, it's in his Wikipedia. I don't know if somebody's put it in his Wikipedia page, but it says that he got his name King because he's a descendant of Brian Baru. But I think most Irish people are descendants of Brian Baru, so it doesn't really mean anything. Brian was like Genghis Khan. Yeah. Um, and Max Powers keeps forcing Eleanor and Tom throughout to throughout the movie to hang out together. Yeah. We find out that mm. she left him as well. Yeah. We don't six find out year, why. They spent six years together. Yeah. And it's a long time. There's also something about, um, she says, was she, does she say it was the biggest mistake of her yeah, life? Just, uh, yeah, Tom Langan was the biggest Fairly mistake of my on. life. So we know it's not. Oh, not so he was burger. the biggest mistake. Was leaving him the big mistake or stay? I don't. I think she just said it was the biggest mistake of my life. 
Okay, that's a bit so, unclear for me. Yeah. I don't know Eleanor, Eleanor's true feelings here. There's, and they're both writing about each other as well because there's a scene where he's, she's like taking, she's writing her, her take and then he's writing his take. Yeah. Writers love being together, don't they, in movies? Just mm. love it. And the reality is... They fucking hate that. each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just stealing from each other the entire time. Yeah. Resenting each other's uh-huh. success. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a... Who else now was Anna in the characters? We've Kelly, the widower. Yeah. I have here, I have a German guy written down, but I don't think he's in it. That was just me going off. Maybe it was the guy, was he the angry guy oh. playing checkers? Do you know oh, why I wrote guy. that down was because Tom has a flashback to his time in Jerusalem when he was a war correspondent. He had an actual flashback flashback? No, he like talks about oh, okay, it. Yeah. Or, and it's very evocative. And I just remember a German guy telling me at an event about him going camping in the desert with somebody and they were on the verge of breaking up. But then there was an attack on a camp nearby where someone was killed and then him and his girlfriend got back together because they're like, we mm. could have died. So I just, I don't know if that's mm. romantic, but... I just remember I was like, yeah. oh, that was a sim- I had a similar experience where I had to witness somebody talking shite as well. <laughs> <laughs> that probably wasn't true. Um, the, also, this train has loads of space in it because you... I thought that I noted that as well. Yeah, those cabins yeah. are huge. Yeah, like, those, like they were bigger than some of those like rooms in all the hipster hotels, the boutique uh, hotels. Oh, yeah. Now. Everybody on that train must be very rich. Yes. Yeah. There's so much like the space in the cab, the like the lounge cabin as well. Maybe yeah. big comfy chairs. And yeah. It was so nice. Like full like full cocktail waiter who seems to be there 24 hours a day. Yeah, he's maybe a robot, I think. Possibly, Don't yeah. Gotta be rich. Because he's also played Santa later as well. Because Sex and City has a great train episode where Carrie goes on the train with Samantha and the, they're like, we're going to get the train. It's going to be so classy and nice. And then they get in the train. It's like shit. And there's no yeah. space. Do you remember that one? Oh, I can't. They go to San Francisco. Oh, it's for her book tour. Yeah, and the yeah. big turns up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the train. And like, that's what the train is actually like. Yeah. Mm. And you don't want to touch anything. Yeah. Actually, I was in the Irish Rail. I haven't been on Irish Rail in a while. And the toilets in the Irish Rail are huge with this roundy, slidey door. Roundy. Yeah, I think they're... I get someone to keep sketch because the door wouldn't lock. I think so. they might be accessible, maybe. Maybe that's... Uh... Okay. <laughs> I thought they're just very roomy. You know, well, I, I enjoyed it. Like... It was a good experience. Yeah. Irish Rail is a great service. Oh, now. it is. I love it. Wi-Fi, yeah. comfortable chairs. I do Tato, send them in a complaint email like every second journey though because of the seat reservation system. People just ignore it? Yeah, and also they don't put it up on time. Okay. So And then you've got to upend someone from yeah. their seat and you're like, that's my Basically, seat. Basically, they need a cultural change there on Irish Rail. Yeah. So they hire me as a consultant where I just get on every train Yeah. and just <laughs> loudly be like, I hope no one takes the seats that their names aren't on. Yeah, that would help or go so yeah. far to just pe- get people, oh, oh, I should, so I should wait maybe, yeah. My idea to solve that is to like hire women in their 40s who look like weapons mm. and sure. are just absolute like the type of women you're like, I don't want us to be sitting next to that woman and they just walk up and down the train giving out with the seat reservation system. The kind of woman you're like, I do not want to get I don't in a want seat to, yeah. fire fight with her. Yeah. So that is she my idea. She can hover in and out of chairs just to, like, I might sit here, oh, maybe I'm not. As so people are like, yeah. Nervously on an edge. I think like six months of that, five of those women up and down the country, give them a nine to yeah. f- maybe a seven to four day. Mm. You know, like do shift work. And I think that would institute a cultural change with the seat Yeah, like we have to system. be trained the way Ryanair trained us with our little bags. Before yeah. we'd want to bring our, you know, an ironing board and this and that and a chicken or whatever. And now we know, we know. Once I asked a nun from my secondary school to move out of my reserve seat, I was very tired and she moved. 
the train was was empty. Like I wasn't yeah. going, but I was like, I wanted that window seat. I I bought. I've chose that one to lean, and she was very nice about it. She was a bit tricky in secondary school, so I didn't feel bad. I was like, I'm sorry, sister, and she moved because we're all equal in the eyes of God. So. Okay. But we're not equal under the terms of the seat book and reservation. If you have a ticket, it's your seat. So <laughs> That's a nice end to that segment. Yeah. Let's go back to the now, film. So, okay. <laughs> we're on to day two of the train. And that's the day when everything starts to go wrong. Because we learned that Higgins was fired. Yeah. We learned that there's a charm bracelet missing. We learned yeah. that the couple's minister broke his arm on the ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a sign. Um, we learned that Just Ellie like got divorced. There's then a scene where Ellie and Tom are talking and some carol singers walk past which is part of our uh, Roast Chestnuts bingo card. So if you have that in your bingo card, mark it off. Ooh. Carlers. Made a bingo card. Oh, I like yeah. that. Um, so the car walk past and then when it cuts back, Ellie's gone and then Tom looks up and smiles. So I was like, is she an angel? Is this what happened? And then the credits roll and then that's not the end of the film. Um, but it seemed like they were like, she was an angel for a minute. But it's not. That didn't happen. That was my it mistake. It does feel like I think by that stage I was the kind Christmas of train could of be film. perjury. You know, purgatory. Like, what? Purgatory. Purgatory. Yeah. Oh yeah, perjury is another thing. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they could all be dead. That does make well, sense. Well, okay. Let's think. Is it a Christmas Carol? We got the ghosts. We got the um, some mysticism. We have the person who can see the future. Mm-hmm. Higgins He's taken from the past. Yeah. What are what are the, who are the ghosts? <laughs> future. Uh, Past present. present. So Max Max Carver is a present. Ma- I mean, Tom isn't though a massive prick. No, he's just shut no. off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm sure he has that written into his contract. He has to be like the dreamy kind of nice guy. So, yeah. yeah. But I think it could be a Christmas carol if we think about it, really. There's also another bingo piece is hit when we realise that Joan Cusack's character, who's quite nosy, and she says stuff like no secrets on a train, especially the Christmas train. That was my favourite line of the film. <laughs> yes, like yeah. that was really that, scary. That old proverb. Yeah. But no secrets on a train. <laughs> no secrets familiar. on a train, especially the Christmas train. But she carries her own decorations with her. And we see that a in a few train. characters in these movies. Like mm. when they're in a hotel or something, they'll have yeah. like a Christmas, a mini Christmas train stuff. But she has her own Christmas decorations on yeah. the train. So that was a bingo card hit. So Joan's character, basically, you think she's the thief as well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because she's so nosy. But the, the thing is, by this point in the film, um, you realise whoever turns out to be as the thief, you're going to feel really bad for them because they're all kind of tragic. There's no like obvious villain. They're mm. all very sad people and, and whoever's doing it is doing it for a really sad reason. So you can't like get like fully invested in catching the person. Yeah, you're like, oh, someone's braces gone missing. Oh, someone's earrings are quite expensive. The ones you got me. If you're like, mm, things are going missing, but I don't really. It's not like a major thing. Yes. The only person it could be would be the uh, angry checkers man, but he's not enough prominent enough for him to have any significance on the story. Yeah, anybody it. else is going to bum you out. Just, oh, it's, it's unusual. Sad things and acting keep, out. Yeah, things yeah. keep going missing. Yeah, that's life. I'm ready to take the next step. I'm ready for a university that will help me advance in my education and career. A university that will make me feel supported and connected. I'm ready for ODU Online. Click this ad or go to online.odu.edu today. Can I open up a packet of Haribo? Go for it. Sorry, There's um, also a few other tropes in this because Lilia arrives on the train at some mm-hmm. stage. Yep. And she's just a bit vulgar, a bit out there. And that's the fiancé we hate. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Obstacle girlfriend. And there's also first forced Christmas joviality as well. That's another one I mm-hmm. kind of had down. Because 
Tom and Ellie keep being forced to sit together and having dinner by Max Paris, the director. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, you should work on the script together. And you're like, Max, that's going to cost you more money. <laughs> well, LA girlfriend, she's pushy. She wants a, she wants a part in Max Paris film and she mm-hmm. keeps, she's doing the hard sell. And she's like, you're just here because you want the part in the film. You don't really want to get with Tom. And also, so. Lily is realising she doesn't know everything about Tom mm. because Max Paris, the director, I'm only going to call him Max Paris, the director, keeps bringing up things at like the dinner they're all having together about and Tom won this award oh. and she's like oh I didn't know that and you're like mm. you'd have googled your boyfriend at some stage yeah and then <laughs> Ellie, Ellie throws in twice and they'll be like oh god mm. she knows him better than she you she knows him better than you, yeah. you. also we learned some stuff about Max around here um, namely that he's like a Hallmark director because the film that he's directed that they mentioned is called Bells of Christmas how the fuck would anyone know who he is? Exactly. <laughs> it's an imaginary world where like Hallmark directors are famous. I have never ever clicked on the name of the director yeah. when I'm looking at the IMDb. Like getting stuff for photos famous as yeah. a director of Hallmark movies. Also around it, Max is, has three ex-wives and they meet up to talk about him about how terrible he was. Yeah. And he tells it like a funny story. But if I had three ex-wives who met up all the time to talk about how terrible I was, I'd be like, okay, there's that's me. Yeah. Are they, yeah. Are they mean with Ronan Farrow? <laughs> he's so charming, but he, uh, he's an arse. He's obviously life. a dickhead. And yeah. his ex-wives are Bette Midler, Goldie Hawn, <laughs> and um, Diane Keaton. That was a great film. In my head. That was a great mm-hmm. That's a great film. Great. Well, just Even with just the last scene. And you can't get that. You can't get the version they do on iTunes. I kept waiting for Joan know. Cusack to be a ghost in this movie as well. Because she was just everywhere. Uh, but yeah. Tom, I don't know. I just was like, I thought that was going to be the twist. But there is a twist <laughs> in the movie ghost. and we'll get to it later. And it's Rewind. fucking great. Yeah. It's a really good twist. Okay, so we get to the chess scene. Yeah. And which is really random. I feel like David Balducci had like a specific beef with a specific chess grandmaster and put that seat in just to like embarrass him. Because nobody like brings their chess set on a Christmas train to... It's the Christmas people. train. It's four days, Alan. That's you might want to play something. Hello. Should you bring games I know on no the Wi-Fi cruise ships? I do. I don't bring a chessboard. And I don't challenge strangers to it, though. I feel like he wants to embarrass a specific person in his life. He's definitely not a chess grandmaster, as far as I'm aware. No. Um, I forget the chess scene. Can you let... I, I yeah, well, you know, it's kind of another way of letting know that us know that Tom and Ellie have a history and <laughs> don't underestimate that woman. Okay, you can play checkers with her, but oh, you might get a friendly surprise, unfriendly surprise. And then, of course, he's like cocky, like, oh, okay. If you try and beat me, if you must. And then she goes, checkmate. And he's like, <laughs> and then he has a, the guy who's the RC knocks the checkerboard on knocks all the pieces off the checkerboard and then just leaves them on the ground but walks off with the board and I'm thinking you're going to have to go back later on and pick them up yeah but he storms off because she beats that, him but it sounds incredibly and she was, it was, it was, she was taught a stratagem by an Israeli a rabbi master. a rabbi was it was it I think it was, it a, was rabbi. a rabbi yeah, yeah. Um, that only works on overconfident grandmasters apparently which is a very useful that's handy deus ex mm-hmm. rabbi ex machina I guess yeah sounds like the most boring feature article ever like if she wrote that up (laughs) I'd be like no one's going to click that yeah Um, so that was the chess scene so then everything becomes a train thriller because we don't know if we're going to make it up the pass and stuff Mm -hmm. or no wait there was the wedding no they got they get married is that a bit later they get married before the thriller starts yeah and a, a boys choir joins the train as well yeah Handily, because they can be some little bit of some children in peril, which is another one of our bingo card things. Yeah, children in peril, but not really. Yeah. And Tom and Ellie are asked by the couple to be the 
groomsman and bridesmaid. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's the maid of honor. And she shows up in jeans and a jumper. Yeah, the maid of everybody honor. else is really dressed up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was just there like, yeah, she doesn't give a fuck about these people. Mm-hmm. And also it's Tom a, It's as if she met them the two rings. days ago. <laughs> she did. <laughs> yeah, Tom gave him the rings from that he had from Kenya that he was maybe, can we reveal mm-hmm. that now? He was going to and then propose they to with. all go back on the train. They're having the party. Everyone's having fun. It's the Christmas train. Mm-hmm. And then they realise they're trapped. The train stops. Because Higgins has gone, yeah. Higgins was before. He's like, I don't know if we're going to make it over the pass. And they don't. Shut up, Higgins. You're full of. And then there's a line. Higgins is in his element. Did he plan this? These are my notes. Yeah. I, he definitely had some kind of rant, wrench somewhere. Before that, though, there's a bit um, where... I think it's Lillian and Max go. They're showing a wonderful. It's a wonderful life, and they walk off somewhere. It's like, where are they going to? <laughs> Who's showing a wonderful life? Where there's two train like tracks in this thing, and one is just beds, and one is this lounge, and there is no cinema screen anywhere. So who is showing its wonderful life to who, and for what reasons? It's very That's mysterious. Brenda Fricker. They're, this the is definitely pi- the, first the pigeon woman from Home Alone too. Yes. Do you she... think it's an economy class? No yeah. one was sitting there just going, this is a really fucking long train ride. We've been here for three days now. <laughs> that's Nobody's bought us anything. That's why I keep thinking of Snowpiercer. I'm like, where? <laughs> we need to think about the economy class. They do. They, they parade the economy class people through the first class area singing jingle bells, being led by the barman as Santa. Because yeah, so he brings other people we have never seen before. Their, they they march through turkey singing. dinner. Yeah. And they've been fed, really been fed bugs. Oh my yeah. gosh. Insects that are disguised as chicken. The Christmas Snowpiercer. Yeah, Christmas yeah. Snowpiercer. They should yeah. make Snowpiercer the Christmas movie this year in RTE and then everyone will be forced <laughs> to watch it and they'll realise. <laughs> Can you imagine on Christmas Day everyone settling around like about five o'clock Snowpiercer, we'll watch this. <laughs> and everyone's just like and everyone's remote controls breaks the wrong same time so they can't switch and like what the? It's an incredible movie about class differences. Yeah. So oh, it might, so it might be like a bit of a knock on the head for yeah, some people. After shoving like yeah. turkey and marifat peas yeah. into their bellies. So housing crisis, climate change, public transport. People just yeah. vomiting them on themselves after watching oh Snowpiercer pulling Christmas crackers. I'm so sad thinking about oh, that. That would be that so film. funny. No, I I, I've watched it, yeah. disgusting. I don't want I used to do a Not the RT guide and Christmas TV guide for Daily Edge. Yeah. And every year people would think that it was real. Even though it said like Cannibal Holocaust was a big Christmas film and stuff, they'd be like, Cannibal Holocaust, that's disgraceful. On Christmas that Day of all days. How could they do that? I was like, yeah. Okay. Speaking Jesus of birthday. public services being disgraceful, <laughs> there's a really funny thing today on Instagram where I'm poster now doing the Irish Book Awards and they have a, a cartoon of someone's tongue out and a book on the tongue. And then they say something <laughs> about like, has any other, has any book altered your mind this year? And loads of people in the comments are like, go on Ampost. And then funny. another person's like, how dare Ampost make a stand for recreational drugs? Ampost need to release a statement saying they condemn all recreational drugs. It's the funniest thing because it's like, Ampost just told someone to do a fucking cartoon for them. Yeah. <laughs> now it's on Instagram. But that has nothing I mean, to do with the, the movie. But Yeah, the teens, they do, they take a lot of moral guidance from Ampost. So, I mean, they, they need to get out in front of this. Yeah, Imagine that was a thing. Like, There's no one for posting things. <laughs> people, go, people go down to Dolphin's Barn Library and opening up like books with like, the tabs of acid in them and just being like, it's a secret thing. Maybe that could happen. So <laughs> back to the train and we have Tom. Tom obviously knows Higgins is the train expert. Mm-hmm. And he goes to Higgins, how long do you think we have? Which like, you know, maybe Tom has said a lot in the past in his war zone corresponding career. And Higgins goes... Higgins says something back. I haven't got that noted. But the thing is, no one's going to die on this train. It's going to get cold. I Someone's was going to notice they were going yeah. to be missing. But like they're making out like this is 
you know. We're in Siberia. Yeah, that something bad's going to happen. There was one point where everybody was so invested in Tom and Ellie that I was worried that <laughs> they were, oh, everybody was going to team up. The carriages could topple over. <laughs> everybody was going to team up and kill Lillian in like murder <laughs> or in Express style just to make sure Tom and Ellie happened. But they could grot her with one of her feature necklaces. Yeah. <laughs> she liked to shift dress in a feature necklace and she had no concession to the cold or the winter temperature. She was yeah. showing her arms because she worked in them. Mm-hmm. And they have to go out of the train. They have to do some cross-country skiing. Yeah, because, okay, together. so... Yeah, so now let's let's, re- let's re- rewind. So Tom is heading off from Washington Sea, where it was snowy. He's heading to LA. So why did he bring his downhill skis? Wow. He, yeah, why did he bring them? Obviously, something in his like, I better take these uh, downhill skis with me. I don't know why. And then and then Ellie's like, well, you can't do that by yourself. And you're not going to you're not going to get very far with those downhill skis. And she had skis as well. She did cross country ones. Yeah, yeah. she cross country. Mm. So off they trot. Yeah. Very, very lucky that they happen mm. to bring skis. Like I might bring an extra phone charger, like a power bank, but not pair of skis. I have two chargers <laughs> in my bag. There you go now. Yeah. And you've got, look, you've got a disposable camera as well. I do. I'm going to take good. a picture of you after. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, Thank then, God I'm gorgeous today. <laughs> <laughs> that was lucky as well. Carry on. Um, there's also Tom and Ellie when they're cross country skiing have a bit of a heart to heart and he re- feels that the rings the couple are wearing yeah, yeah. he had bought them for her but he never had the courage to give her the rings mm-hmm. and they kiss I believe yes set a tree mm-hmm. yeah and then some weird country men with oh that's so funny <laughs> find them oh before that though at the at the wedding party um, Tom and Lily, Lillian break up oh and it's really casual oh, yeah, yeah. Lillian yeah. Lily is actually great she's fine with it yeah all Lily Lily it just wants her things to happen faster for her. She wants Tom mm-hmm. to get to LA faster and she wants her career to progress faster. Yeah. I think because first of all I was like, oh why she wanted to marry Tom but now then I was like, oh she just used him to get close to Max Power. I was like, fine, that's grand. So maybe she wasn't invested in it anyway, so mm-hmm. that's fine. So the weirdos have horses and the horses eat the snow blocking the train or something. It's not because <laughs> they, they turn up and then they're just back <gasps> on in the sun again. So they don't actually horses explain how to rescue. Save day. That's what yeah. I've written down. The horses do something with the snow. Something don't the horses magical. save the day in Animal Farm as well? Can we talk about 1984, <laughs> please? Gene, you were talking about Trumpy in America and I feel like I need to up, up, uplift this, uh, upgrade this conversation. No, no, we won't, we won't, we won't go there. I could obviously give a mm-hmm. critical analysis, but I won't. So the horses eat the snow. Yeah. They get back on the train. Back on yeah. the train. And they're in love and they're committed. Yeah. And Joan Cusack is actually a train marshal. Yeah. A Christmas tree marshal. <laughs> yeah. I never thought, that's so funny because you know in Air France flights there's always a marshal on the flight with a gun and armed. I've, well, that's what I've been led to believe in my time on earth. So that's funny that they have a marshal on a train, on Christmas train. The Christmas train, yeah. It's a bit extreme but maybe they know better than Well, everyone we will have all their Christmas gifts. There'll be loads of iPhones and stuff mm. on the train. And there was a thief on and board. And there was a thief, yeah. 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 I mean, she does let him go so she's not back. a great marshal. And the so. thief it turns out is actually Kelly, the yeah. widower who's been acting out since his wife died because before he met his wife he was a small town yeah mm-hmm. or a small time chief maybe he worked in a small town as he, well yeah he regressed because he just was bereft yeah and it's probably Ruth good that they didn't tell Higgins leave. about him because Higgins was rare, raring for an adventure Higgins would have mm. like, hung like him off the side of the train the Higgins like Higgins manifested this train difficulty <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Like he wanted there, he wanted there to be a fuck up. He Higgins sh- is the one person on the team who does not want the project to get over the line. Higgins has the shining. <laughs> Ask, does. believe, receive. Higgins is working the secret. He's working the secret, yeah. Good for him. Like Higgins could have taken this frustration with being let go into becoming a detective, mm-hmm. like Poirot or something on the train. 
or like Miss Marple who doesn't get paid for her detectiving skills because poor. I would watch a film with Higgins and John Cusack as opposing train marshals who both want to be on the Christmas train, and they're both trying to get out of my carriage. Yeah, hiding clues from each other, bumbling around. Yeah, Mm. that'd be good. I like that. Then at the end, um, Ellie sits down to write her script, and (sighs) Tom sits down to write his story, Mm -hmm. and. They use the lines like she in the script is describing one of her characters as having, I don't know, being all frosty and stuff. The rugged terrain of her own heart that has to be traversed in the script. So that's early on. So she's using that language. And Tom writes in his story, you don't take the Christmas train to get somewhere fast. And they've written all their things together. And then it comes out that in the bin is another script that Ellie didn't write. Huh? And the twist, I have, I wrote down as this happened, the twist, exclamation mark, three times. Holy fuck, holy fuck. <laughs> Rings. I wrote <laughs> Max Orient Express them because everybody was in on it. So. You've just ruined the Orient Express for me. That's an 80 year old book. <laughs> sorry, I had the movie downloaded. Oh, I'm sorry. It was oh, a book first. You've so. ruined Christmas, Alan. I've ruined Christmas. Ruined uh, also, Christmas. Tom's article is like 250 words long. Which the is, blog post. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Huffington Post blog post. Yeah, about the Christmas train. Um, but yeah, Max Powers yeah, had written the script and the suspicious couple were actors who fell mm. in love and are I married know. for real. Yeah. We were only acting for the first five minutes. So who was actually on it? It was the couple. Um, Lillian was in on it. Yeah. Which is weird. That, that was really... Imagine if you got reaching. a phone call and said, hey, I'm a director and... Um, your boyfriend's ex is on this train. I want to get them together. I want you to break up with him. Do you really think you and Tom have a future? Like, Would yeah, you? Okay, sure. Yeah. Well, no, actually, that, well, that just kind of emphasizes that she really is out for a career, really. And yeah. she, she wanted to work with Max Powers. But yeah. Yeah. And the clairvoyant was an actor as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, she said she wants well, to play. Are. She wants yeah. to play a villain. So. <laughs> they all are, yeah. yeah. It's true. Mm. She wants to play a villain. Which is nice meta. Parts. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, um, I thought the movie was grand to mm-hmm. be honest um, I preferred last year's Hallmark Hall of Fame because it <laughs> I just read one my last but it was life is a journey two exclamation marks and it's better with pre-booked seats and then underneath Max is a shit <laughs> that's the conclusion I came to yeah he is a bit psycho like his wives yeah. all hate him that's mm-hmm. why because he's effing court like, they thought they were having a lovely day someday back in Beverly Hills and it's a whole and Max goes ha 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 like Everyone's paid. Ellie needs to get back into the journalism game as opposed to the script doctrine because he's a toxic man. Yeah. Yeah. He's controlling her life and it's in, not in a nice way. Like, I'm glad her and Tom have found each other. They've got all the history together. And if you've been a war correspondent, you've got PTSD. Tom was kidnapped, they said as well. Yeah, like so. Tom is obviously deeply fucked up. So There's yeah. a lot of milk to clear up. A mm-hmm. lot of milk, Tom. Oh, there's one final bit of train wisdom as well at the end. Mm. Uh, a proverb that... A totally normal proverb that everybody says. Um, <laughs> Tom says, there's something about a train. And then he says, there's something about a train. And then Santa walks past and that's the end of the film. It's a beautiful moment. Yeah. Something. I stood still in my room for 17 minutes after that. I just couldn't move. It was so beautiful. <laughs> oh, there's a, a song earlier on. There's, only, there's very little Christmas music in it altogether. Well, they spent all the money, spent on, all Michael the money on Michael. Yeah. Trying to pretend to yeah. us, really think, oh, this is really high quality. Which is why in between days three, two and three, the song that plays is Christmas Train by Dermot Mulroney. So he got his own song in there on the soundtrack cool. as obviously, as part of his Dermot is Kathleen Keener's ex-husband. Hmm. Was, was she in, she's um, the woman in Santa. Said someone's phone is ringing. Um, what's the 
Oh yeah, forty year old virgin. Is she the one who works in the eBay shop? Yes. Yeah. She's in Beam and John I know she's been in lots of buildings. Yes. Yeah. Where the well things are and all that. Yeah. She's in all the Nicole Holfen Center. Have you mm. pronounced that movies? She's great. Oh, she can get out as well. Oh yeah, she's out. the mom in it, the hypnotist. Yeah. yeah, she's very good. She's great. Yeah, but yeah, that's his ex-wife. But so. she's she's not in this. Yeah, <laughs> so. she's not I wish in she it, was. No. Yeah, she's so. actually <laughs> in an Irish director's movie, Alan Gilson, and oh. one of his most recent movies. Yeah, was, he, was he in Downton Abbey as well? Who? Alan Gilson? No, he's a director of a movie my boyfriend's out. Oh, I remember that. I remember. That's why I'm kind of slightly just slipping that in. Okay. Yeah. So, what do we think of Christmas Train? Not great, to be honest, Alan. It was, it was long. It was like 20 minutes longer than yeah. all the other Hallmark films, which I didn't like. And the reason it's not great is I feel too bad for charity when I was watching, charity shop when I was watching, so I, I enjoyed the length of it. Thank you. <laughs> the reason I wasn't into it was because the next episode, the movie, was a banger. Yeah, I watched this one first. Yeah. So I, I watched yeah. the first, I watched the next movie first and you'll, oh, so good. So this one just let me down. Like I like Dermot Mulrooney. I think uh, My Best Friend's Wedding is an amazing film. Yes. He's great in that. The lobster scene. Yeah. What, what is it? Say a but I just found that it was just, it dragged. This movie dragged. Mm. Um, And Max Powers was psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> Max is a shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wasn't mad into it. Um, I wouldn't watch it again. I'm really glad every, <laughs> I'm really glad um, the actress from Father the Bride got a part. Yeah, that's mm. good. That's her. a great film. Reminded me, I must watch that yeah. again. But this was like, it just took a lot out of me. Um. Well, I I thought it was pleasant enough to think I enjoyed it because I was like, oh, life is not like that. Oh, that would never happen. So if you watch it like that, jaded, it's quite enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, and it's, I love the things like when, you know, it's just like, it's just trots along and it's grand. Like and I know it's all going to mm. work. It just, yeah, clatters along like a train, you know, it's all going to work out, it's all going to be fine, they're going to end up together. I can just relax and fill these bags for the charity shop <laughs> and drop them off. Mm. Also, the here is in another wedding movie that is terrible, but I enjoy The Wedding Date because it plays a sex worker in it who goes on a date with Grace from Will and Grace. <laughs> a wedding in London. And Grace from Will and Grace. Love. Will from Will and Grace. Yeah, they fall in don't love. don't know their names. And um, they're my favourite kind of movies. People fall in love in like awkward situations, such mm. as falling in love with your escort at the wedding. Yeah. Like, I'd love to be at a wedding where that happened. You know, people are like, I'd love to be at a wedding where like the bride didn't show up. And you're like, that's sociopathic. Mm-hmm. Um, like, <laughs> I'd love to be at a wedding where someone fell in love with their escort and the escort fell in love with them back. Like, I wouldn't want to. <laughs> I love you now. I love yeah. you now. Come on, we're together. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, go. not really into that. Not really into the imbalance. But like, if everyone's happy, I'm happy. I just yeah. want people to be happy. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of, I'm a big fan of Dan Mulrooney as like a generic leading man, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But this movie, I felt like that the fact that he was kidnapped, why not make the movie about him having post-traumatic stress disorder on the train and he's stealing all the shit? Ah. I know, that's what Twist. I'd have put in. Yeah. Two twists. Um, I didn't like it, but I did enjoy all the train wisdom. And I'm going to bring a lot of that train wisdom into my Higgins, life going forward. Higgins there was were great. some good, very good lines. Yeah. 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 Like Higgins something steals about a train. the movie. Like, and you're yeah. talking about it's a movie with Joan Cusack and um, Danny Glover. Mm-hmm. And a guy, a train nerd, steals it. Yeah. Okay, will, we, will we finish then on a, a line that I've written down? Yes. That's... This is from, you started the first, you mentioned this first line. But people don't rush because that's not what trains are for. They're for the destination. They're for the joy of taking a trip. There we go. Esther, do you have anything to plug? 
No. Where we go. Oh yeah, the eighty percent podcast. The yeah. podcast where I'm eighty percent happy with the success <laughs> achieved with some of my guests. I resent people being successful. So yeah. It's on iTunes and SoundCloud. Follow me. Thank you. It's very good. Jean, you got to plug? I do. I have an easing. Mm-hmm. And I'm oh, charging yeah. people oh. for it. Oh yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good. Uh, yeah, so you're getting the free one. I don't see how you're not paying for it. <laughs> oh yeah, because you can see I haven't haven't had time, darling. I'm yeah. buying a house. I'm so crazy. charge people thirty euro for my easing. And it's gonna be great because I've got credit card debt to pay. And this is my hustle. But I'm also like just giving you my words that are unedited. Um, that no editor has um, picked up the pitch so I'm putting them on the easing instead so you're getting top quality work here mm-hmm. and I also want to plug a charity I'm going to plug a charity for each episode and one I'm going to do is a loan which supports older people to age at home and they think so you can become a befriending volunteer and it might be something to think about over Christmas so you can go to their website alone.ie and fill in the form to volunteer or you can also um, just donate money to them you can make a donation online and 100% of your donation goes directly to their frontline services. So yeah, that's what I'm plugging. There we go. Myself and a charity. Well, my plug seems very petty now in comparison. <laughs> uh, so Juvenalia is my other podcast that I host with Alan Tannum and Sarah Maria Griffin. Uh, it's on the Head Stuff Podcast Network and you can follow it. Uh, can I go of... back to plugging me again? Yeah, do it. <laughs> Sarah Maria Griffin was a uh, guest on my podcast, the 8% podcast, which you might have mentioned before. And also I've got a newsletter, mine's free, at srobd.com. <laughs> And I will pay for Jean's uh, private content now. <laughs> I've got 74 subscribers. Mic drop, thank you. <laughs> so we uh, we should thank the Heads of Podcast Network for having us. We should thank Dean McDonald for our artwork. We should thank Dan from Cloud Castle Lake oh. for our music. And that's everything. That's We'll see you next Friday. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Hit the bells. Ho, 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 ho. Toodles. HPN, the Headstuff Podcast Network. See headstuff.org for more details.